beer sound. Hello, internet, and welcome to footage of a crow humping a tree. If you are watching on YouTube, and if you are not watching on YouTube, then you are you you can hear that thump 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 because it is recording audio, and that thump 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 is is crow humping a tree. And uh, he's he's away from the mic at the moment, so when he comes back, it's going to be hilarious, I hope. All right, uh, my name is Sean Michael Patrick Thompson, as always, your host of Drink to the Past, uh, the only po- podcast where the co-host drinks eggnog in October while reminding you to subscribe and share our content. I am joined by, actually, a lot of people. I don't even know all of them. Like a shitload of people. Yeah, so, uh, of course, we have my ubiquitous co-host, uh, Christopher Ubiquitous Co-host Audette. Hi, I'm Chris, uh, please go vote Audette. Yeah, do that. That, that, that was it, Sean. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. All right. I, I'm gonna vote for, uh, the fires to stop in Colorado. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds pretty good to me. I would prefer that. I think, I think not being on fire would be a better, a better state of state. Yes, uh, being not on fire is, uh, better than being on fire. Yeah. So, no matter what those idiots at work say. Yeah. So remember, remember that when you're at the polls, uh, vote against fire. Yeah, no Don't fire. to vote early if you can. Yeah, yeah. that too. All yeah, right. please, please do vote early. And I am joined by these mysterious people, uh, Perseus, introduce yourself. Hey, howdy. My name is Perseus, voice of Perseus on pretty much all social medias, YouTube, Twitter, that's pretty much it. Voice actor extraordinaire, comedian extraordinaire, totally knows what he's doing all the time. I had an idea what I was doing once. And uh, we also have Snake's Box. I don't know if that's his real name. I bet that's his real name. That is my legal name. It says it on my birth certificate. Yeah. I can confirm I was there when he got birthed. Wow. Yeah, he and was not seven. Because I'm his dad. Well, hold on, not because I'm his dad. He is my dad. Because you were his mom. I'm not convinced. You're his dad and his father. mom. That's impressive. Also, you know, what species are you? I'm legally not allowed to tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. If I did, legally I not would allowed have to, to tell you, you is a really dumb name for a species. Yeah, that's pretty weird. The hell did I just walk back into? Hi, Crow. We started the podcast without you in hopes of hilarity. <laughs> Gee, thanks. We, we just uh, watched you uh, hump that tree for, for days. Yeah. So did you have like a button held down for that? Or what, what the hell was it? No, I, I angled my uh, joystick in the direction and then I set my bottle of fireball up against it to hold it in place. I'll drink to that. Uh... So, uh, and of course, Krell returning uh, is uh, here providing you gameplay. If you're catching us on our YouTube version, you can now yeah. watch Krell play Cadence of Hyrule. Is this the uh, new DLC? Uh, no. So I bought the um, I bought the game at GameStop today, hmm. but I kind of left it at work. So you this fool. is the standard version of the game that right. I'm just going to play through at random. So uh, what I'm hearing is you fucked it, bro. Not I did. only did you fuck the tree, you fucked you fucked everything. I did a fuck. Um, a lot of fucking going fuck on me. But yeah, this is just the base version of the game. Ooh, it's secret. Um, but we will be doing a playthrough of the uh, deluxe edition on our channel. 
four players, so you guys can catch it there. Yeah, so if you're wondering why we're joined by all of these mysterious guests this week, uh, these are the four players, or at least three thereof. Uh, yeah, so Grace is sleeping. Check them out. Uh, the four players at uh, YouTube, and I, I, you got the same Twitter handle too, I believe, is at the four players or at four players. Yes. Well, the Twitter uh, handle is a bit more complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's got like players. a number four or something just to confuse uh, it, you. Uh, number zero in place of the O in four, because for some reason the four players was taken on Twitter. Uh, but by an account that hasn't been active since, like, 2015. Mm. I can't go in that water. Stupid okay. account uh, squatters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can. They think That's they're right. so cool, but they're not being online anymore. They think they're so cool not being part of the internet. Yeah. Part what of the a bunch internet of fucking ones? nerds. Yeah. I'm All working right. on my way to get over to Gerudo Valley. Today on Sean Drinks Something Stupid is the part of the podcast where I drink something stupid. I have this entire bottle of Kraken. Do you think I can oh, finish it, it in the bottom of the... You got an the... entire bottle of crack? That... Kraken what? Oh, I can already tell this is going to be a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, actually... Uh, so normally I'm the kind of guy that is just like totally opposed to everything Christmas happening before Halloween and stuff. And I'm just like, it's happening too soon. But the one exception I will make is motherfucking eggnog. So yeah, I'm having my first eggnog of the season and, uh, we got to fill it up with crack and make it, make it a little better. So yeah. I'm, I'm awesome. sorry. Can we... I'm watching Crow struggle to get this what? one Deku scrub. Look! Shut up! <laughs> Alright? Mm. Don't forget, I'm working with, like, an almost two-second delay in the audio. This shit's hard, that's man. Right, that's right, you are. Are we going to go over what we're all drinking, then? Uh, yes, of course, because that's the next part of the podcast, is because now that I've suggested what I'm drinking, uh, which, if you're checking us out on YouTube, I also like to show off my stupid, nerdy glassware. Although, today, it's just Colorado Rockies, so... Uh, that's not that nerdy. Oh, that's, shit, That's not even nerdy oh, for God. baseball. Nobody likes the Rockies. Except me. <laughs> the Rockies don't like the Rockies. <laughs> Some years... And by some years, I mean every year except for 2007. Yeah. Sports ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, what else? Uh, who's who's drinking something? You better all be drinking something. Otherwise, I have to go get another drink. Uh, I'm drinking an Imperial Java Stout from Santa Fe Brewing Co. again. And oh, God, I'm about to die. That's uh, <laughs> Usually you because say, oh, God, drinking? I'm about to die. And you, we're watching your gameplay. So... Uh, so now it's just very awkward. There's no context. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just the sassy link. <laughs> nice. Uh, Crow, what are you drinking? I decided that this wasn't going to be challenging enough, so I'm drinking some Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. So, Straight up anytime. Fireball. And don't forget your sandwich. Yes, and, and I have a tricky sandwich. You're drinking a sandwich? Yeah. It's you just a... put it in the blender with the Fireball and... No, no, no! I hit it with a. F I cast fireball, and it melted the sandwich, and somehow turned it into a liquid. Not sure how that happened, but it's a liquid lunch. All right, uh, Perseus and Snakebox. Uh, what are you, what are you guys drinking? Uh, I'm just having a nice classic Scotch whiskey. Yummy! I like me a good Scotch. Uh, what kind you got? 
Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's just scotch. And I just poured He's it. got it's what he just, found in the street. It's generic brand scotch. <laughs> it just, uh, I'm just imagining this bottle with like just a, a, a paper scotch taped to it. Uh, it, it there's says scotch, scotch tape on the bottle of scotch. And that's how I know it's scotch. I made a bad pun. <laughs> we have to drink. <clears throat> There we go. Is that how this works? Yes. Every time a joke is made? Every time a, well, <laughs> oh, no. specifically puns, or, or just any time you feel like it, you can always drink. And I have this little cue card oh, for the people drinking along at home. Now this is going to be a long good. night, then. This is going to be a long <laughs> night for me. All right. I'll drink to that. Um, Snake, what are you drinking? Uh, I have a pint of Kraken rum. A pint of... Crack. Oh, you also have crack? That that is a yeah, lot. Man. Yeah. <laughs> a pint of rum. I, uh, Are you I intending on dying? Yeah. I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> this this is the quality content you get on Drink to the Past. You get a man literally dying on our show. I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I usually feel like shit about halfway through the pint, and then I just take it much slower. <laughs> I can, I can breathe a lot better now, thanks to that fireball. All right, here we go. I mean, Crow, Crow has seen me drink pints of rum. All right, uh, so what do y'all rate those on a scale of 3 to 17? Wow. 3 to 17? 3 to 17. 7. Yeah, you, you should explain so, the, uh... Yeah, it, we, we, the rating system is very rarely explained. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, if you're drinking along at home, uh, our rating system is on a scale of 3 to 17, because in the game of Dungeons and Dragons, when you're rolling your ability scores, you get a random number between 3 and 18, and if you get a full 18, you're probably cheating. So we reserve that for, like, the stupid most specialist of beers that you have to cheat and give them a higher score. So that, that doesn't come up much. I've had a couple. <clears throat> I'll reiterate my number. Seven. All right. Not that great, eh? Uh, I'll do 17 for Kraken. Kraken is, is fucking good. This is my favorite room, so. Oh, same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I've got it with eggnog. Um, I'm more of a beer guy than I am a, a spirit or mixed stuff guy, but I really dig eggnog and just goes well with the Kraken. Um, I'm going to give that a 14. Uh, Chris, what's your beer? Uh, what is it? Java Imperial Java Stout from Santa Fe Brewing Co. Uh, I, I've had this once before on the podcast. I still am a big fan. It's like coffee and beer together. So yeah, 15. I got some uh, coffee. Uh, what is it? It's Jameson Coffee Whiskey. It's like coffee liqueur almost, but it's made out of Jameson. It's it's kind of interesting. It's pretty good. Maybe you'll have that on the podcast one of these days. All right. Has yeah, anybody, that has actually it, sounds pretty tasty. Have I got everybody? Or I feel like... Crow still has yet to give a rating. Crow, what's your drink? Oh. Um, what do you rate that fireball uh, turkey sandwich? Rate the turkey sandwich, too. Uh, turkey sandwich, 17. Wow. Fireball. Badass turkey sandwich. Um. Fuck, I don't know, man. Uh, six. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> fireball. Not a fireball. It, Fireball's not a fan of me, all right? <laughs> that it's is, a love-hate uh, relationship. Can happen. Yeah, fuck me. Okay. Um, we should <laughs> we should uh, establish some like ground rule 
since I'm the one playing, what sort of stipulation should I have for like when I'm required to drink? Because I don't think on death would be a very good one because of every time you move. <laughs> I, I don't want to die tonight, all right? Every time you get hit by an enemy, you take a shot. Every, uh, every breath you take. <laughs> About every time I drop below half health. Okay. Nah. Gotta be more like, gotta be more often, man. Every time you hit an enemy. I, again, I don't want to die. You'll be fine. <laughs> how about every time you die? Uh, how about every, I, again, I don't think I'll die. So if, if I do die, um, cause I have these in a bunch of little bottles. If I do die, I'll pound an entire bottle in one go. There you go. I'll slam one. All right, yeah. Nice. It's gonna suck. No, nothing like liver issues. <laughs> you, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think I'd have to say this, but uh, you might actually be coming onto this podcast uh, to <laughs> die for the entertainment Chris of our coming. audience. We have to drink. Oh God. Wait, are we are we drinking at cum? No, Wait, I mean, we can if you want. Like I don't judge. <laughs> Wait, what are we drinking at? Every time you come. <laughs> Every time you come, you got a drink. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm always chugging then. <laughs> Shall we get into the news and booze then? Uh, now that we've kind of gone over... Not sure whether they're to envy you or not. <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you, it's just a constant stream. <laughs> My god. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm impressed. Alright. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start our news and booze, and then we can uh, kind of go from there. So, on this part of the show, we enter... Uh, we talk about our booze. We already kind of did that, so we'll jump into the uh, gaming news section. Uh, so okay. Manfred Lisner, who's the CEO of Sheenan Multimedia, reports that the tourist will render in 6K on Xbox Series X and 4K on Xbox Series S, and then it will dan sample to the target resolution, which I assume is the uh, you know maximum output of 4K on Series X, 1440p on uh, Series S. So, uh, I just thought this was kind of interesting, that they're going out of their way to make the game better than it can actually run on the thing and then downsample. Uh, I'm not technically inclined enough to know how that will actually, like, help, but it sounds neat! Uh, anybody played The Tourist? Never uh, heard of it. Uh, I have no oh, idea yeah. what that is. Huh. I've Enlighten seen, like, us. I've seen, like, trailers, and that's about it, so, uh... I'm, I'm not really sure what it's about. It's got this dude in a tourist shirt. I'm <laughs> looking at it, it looks like... Oh, some sort of... It looks like some sort of combination of, like, a knockoff Roblox or Minecraft game that you'd get on mobile. Crossed with, like... Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. That's what oh, it looks like Jesus. to me, at least. That might be an, a very accurate description, and it might not. So, that's that's why people come here, right? <laughs> uh, Xbox Series X version of the Master Chief Collection will include a slew of upgrades, including 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X. So, that's kind of cool. If you've got a badass TV and you buy a Xbox Series X, you can run 120 frames per second Halo. I call that okay. Yeah. That is pretty okay. Yes, uh, Halo. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I do have Master Chief Collection. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine with just 60 FPS already, but like 120, I mean, I'll take it if I can get it. 
Right, yeah. And, I mean, as long as it's gonna be just, like, available already on the, uh, uh, Game Pass, if that's the route you're going on Series X, obviously, then it's already included, so I think that's pretty cool. Uh... No, I'm very decidedly not a Stop console Stop following gamer. me! Okay. I love me some console I, games. <laughs> I I own a bunch of consoles, but like... Like, I, I have a PS4 and I got The Last of Us Part 2, like, on release day. And I only got past, like, the first hour of it. So... Mm. <laughs> that's how often I play a console. Right. It's your own fault. That is my own fault. Yeah, that's kind of how that goes sometimes, I suppose. Uh, a new Drawn to Life game has been leaked by the Taiwanese rating board. It's called Drawn to Life Two Realms. Uh, this is kind of interesting because there hasn't been a game in the Drawn to Life series since the original DS. I believe the last game was like 10 years ago. Uh, so a little known Nintendo franchise is making a return. I think that's kind of interesting. I, I liked the first one pretty well. I didn't play any of the other ones. I think there was two or three. There was a SpongeBob version. There was a SpongeBob version that featured DoodleBob. I know that much. I do vaguely remember um, there was a SpongeBob version. God, this would give me like flashbacks to whenever the DS era was, 2007. Right. <laughs> this is just making me mad that there's no new F Zero. Right. You get a new drawn to life before you get a new F Zero. Who saw that coming? <laughs> They need to make a, a parody of that um, Yandere simulator tracker and just do the same thing for F-Zero. <laughs> oh, you mean think, like how far behind schedule it is? Yeah. <laughs> I think the it's next basically just like a dead step. game for Smash. Yeah, I think the next logical step here would be to have the uh, protagonist of Drawn to Life implemented into Smash. But the protagonist from Drawn to Life is literally a custom character that you draw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can, so, can you do that in Smash? I mean, I guess you should maybe. be. Should I mean, be I mean, Sakurai is a fucking wizard. He he reprogrammed every single one of his 300 stages to make Steve work. So, you know. I wonder how can Steve goes in 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 like stage builder stages. Probably. Can we just have a moment of silence for? the loss of Steve's massive cock. <laughs> that, that is a thing that uh, I didn't have in the news and booze, but I probably should have. Uh, so, if you didn't hear, uh, Steve, uh, for those of you who have got the DLC, uh, the uh, victory pose for Steve just has him holding a piece of meat, uh, and, and he's holding it inexplicably directly in front of his pelvic area and it totally looks like he's just jacking it it's like why the fuck did you do that it's hilarious and uh so only a week after steve released they released a patch which removes the meat from his victory pose so uh yes we, we will i'll take off our hats and have a moment of silence i'll drink Pouring to that for the boys i drop below half health you guys suck at silence you're supposed to shut up when i say that uh, you know, we've never really been known for silence. <laughs> I'll drink to that, too. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I figured this was going to be a clusterfuck, but it's a whole new thing experiencing it. <laughs> Welcome to you'd every experience a clusterfuck with uh, 
Steve's meat involved, did you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that would be pretty low on the number of things I would expect okay. to uh, experience in my lifetime. A new trailer for Age of Calamity has released for the third consecutive week they've given us a new trailer. Uh, the first one showed Impa, Pura, and Robbie, and the next one showed off Master Koga as well as other Yuga forces and a new villain, and this new one focused on Koroks and reveals Hestu has voice acting and a lot of random people on paragliders, including Daruk, and that was one of the things that, like, the internet was all like, Well, Daruk can fly? I'm like, yeah, okay, so Rivali officially has no purpose in being in the party because everybody can fly. Fuck you, Rivali. Hey, don't talk to, don't talk shit about my boy Rivali. He might be a piece of shit, but he's a well-meaning piece <laughs> of shit. He might be a piece of shit with no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> if by well You know, I was expecting a butt there, but... No. Honestly, there shouldn't be one. That's the end of my statement. Yeah, so uh, what do you guys think about all these trailers? Because uh, the first like ones were kind of... Uh, I didn't really go over them on the uh, podcast because I was figuring out oh, it was just a really little trailer, not a lot of news here. Uh, so I haven't been uh, going over them. But now it's like three in a row. Okay, so... I feel like, are they gonna just give us one a week until release? You know, it's close enough that that wouldn't probably spoil too much anyways. So, I've, uh, what do you guys think about this? You guys hyped for this game? I am so fucking yeah. excited for Age of Calamity. You have no idea. I personally uh, have been like avoiding the trailers, though. Mm -hmm. That's kind of fair. Um, I've been, like, up in the air about avoiding trailers, because I, like kind of going into games blind um with uh this one i've been watching i feel like the trailers don't oh. spoil a ton and i've been kind of avoiding like anything like past that like you know as many of the uh like analysis videos as i do like to watch a lot of the time i've been kind of avoiding those where it's like oh here's uh, you know, these 12 screenshots were released, here's all the tiniest details, I'm like, that's, that's alright, I'll, I'll keep up with the little trailers that they've been putting out, and uh, other than that, I'll just, you know, wait for the game to come out. You know what I've been really liking is the uh, fan art. Yeah, there has been a lot, especially with the new character reveals, with um, particularly Pura and uh, the young Impa uh people that have been doing fan art have been going nuts making all sorts of badass art so oh yeah they have they they featured Pura younger but also older mm -hmm. yeah that is kind of hilarious but don't don't question it too much she's a lovely nerdy lady and that's all that matters yeah she's still technically a child no no, well, she's, she she's never a child. There is in yeah, Breath of the Wild. Like she, oh yeah, yeah but, but like she's—that's like saying like. I mean, oh, she looked like <laughs> this little oh, anime girl. The appearance of a child. <laughs> Two thousand years old. Chug. Crow died. Right. We have to drink. Oh fuck yeah! Now can Crow <laughs> have to drink a lot more? Oh god, a lot. Right. Just right, right before Crow dies in real life. Next piece of news and booze, I think, is uh, my uh, most exciting piece for this week, uh, for me personally. Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light is being localized for English-speaking players for the first time. 
will release digitally on Nintendo Switch December 4th, 2020, will be available only until March 31st, 2021. So uh, there's also a collector edition that includes a whole slew of random interesting stuff, which I think is a little odd to put in a big collector's edition for a digital game, and it doesn't even come with, like, the game. I mean, it comes with a digital code, but it's like, that's so weird. But, the uh, name is also a mouthful. It is. Uh, maybe it's shorter in Japanese. I don't know. Probably not. I feel like, if anything, it's longer in Japanese. Uh, but this is basically the first original NES Fire Emblem, uh, which released 30 years ago uh, next year. Um, and it's never come stateside until now. So getting a full localization, getting... Uh, all the kind of things you expect for these sorts of re-releases with uh, save states and uh, rewind feature and stuff like that. So, Oh, so it's the original more. NES version. Yes, it's the original NES version. Uh, it's not like a remake. Like They did actually make a remake of it, uh, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, which released on Nintendo DS mid-2000s sometime, I think. Uh... Maybe 2010s, actually. That's been a while ago. How, how long has that been? I don't remember. But uh, Oops, so shit. that's the only uh, version of the game that uh, has ever come to America. And uh, so I think it'll be actually really cool to go visit the original, original version. And I didn't spend a ton of time with the DS version anyways. Um, just because uh, I don't know what happened to my copy of it is kind of what happened. Because I came back to it, I, I quit after a little bit because the art style I didn't really like. I thought everybody looked like a fucking blow-up doll. I'm like, this is just weird art direction. Do you have a oh, that, that has given that? me a strange mental image right there. <laughs> just Wait, imagine so if have, Marth was a blow-up doll. We have a, a problem doll. with that. Yeah, I see no problem with that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do love me a blue-haired anime boy, so there you go. Do you love you a blue-haired anime boy blow-up doll? Yes. Not yeah. if my wife is watching. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't know I could do that. Uh, I think I know what to get you for Christmas. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think about uh, the re-release and uh, special edition and the limited run that it's getting? Because it's only available until March 31st, which Nintendo also did with Mario 35 and Mario... I don't know why uh, Nintendo is doing these limited runs. It yeah. seems so ass-backwards to me. Yeah. It's really kind of a strange decision. And I guess with this one, I feel like it might be silly to buy it now because I feel like since they're making it, they're, like, they could have just put it straight on to the Nintendo Switch Online app, right? As an NES game. And now I'm like, so are you just going to milk people for this because it's a limited thing and then put it on the online app later? I feel like that's what's going on. Maybe. I like I the... I played a Fire Emblem game. Shocking, I know. Three houses um, is good. I hear, uh, you... killed it. You, uh, Snake and Crow have both played Three Houses, isn't that, isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to see how many people I could have sex with by the end of the game. 
<laughs> you know, that's respectable. Fair deal. They're very respectable. There are a lot Is of it, characters I mean, in that game that I would have sex with. I mean, just like as the main, as like a main character, or just yes. as like Byleth, or... Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, I mean, so I feel like that's a dis you're going to have a disappointing number there. Wait, so Snake, yeah. how many people can you fuck? Uh, pretty much everyone. Why haven't I played this game yet? <laughs> According to uh, Grace, uh, Sedith is 100% daddy material, so... I'd call him daddy. If he let me. Consensually. <laughs> Consensual daddy calling. Nice. Alright, and <laughs> our uh, last piece of news and booze, I think, is uh, one of the Aww. least expected things. Guess who's releasing a new console this November? Is it Snoop Dogg? It's motherfucking Atari. Oh. Yeah. Atari is releasing the VCS, which is a new console that comes out next month. Uh, it features Atari Vault, which is a collection of 100 games from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, plus, here's what I feel like is the, the drawing factor of this, but I'm not totally sure why it's a drawing factor. Because you can... Uh, install any PC operating system to this console in order to run PC programs or games, and it also has all the uh, internal components to stream 4K content very nicely. So, and it has modifiable RAM. Does it? The okay, first... I didn't read that. That's interesting. Yeah. So is well, I mean, is Atari just basically selling a PC now? Pretty much. Um, that's what it sounds like, but it's more or less designed to be an under-TV kind of media PC. Uh, it does have... So it has... Oh, I gotta drink. Fuck me. Um, <laughs> it has modifiable RAM. Um, you can. It has a developer mode, so you can make your own shit. Uh, and it also has... Mm. Ah! Gotta hate this. Are you alright there? <laughs> Cinema gets me every time. Um, and I don't remember what else it had. There, there was some. Uh, basically, yeah, it's it's essentially a PC that's fully customizable. So mm. it's a hundred percent customizable home console. Oh god, I'm all on board for it. Just not for that price. Yeah, at some point, it is releasing at a uh, price of four hundred bucks. So it's it's a little expensive. Uh, I mean, it's it's legit quality in theory uh but i don't know i'm just like i feel like if you've got any other console i don't feel <sighs> i don't see why this one is like justified instead of an oh, xbox goodness. or a, a ps5 so is it like does it have like updated graphics or whatever or am i still looking at the classic atari graphics uh it does have some updated graphics games that can play in 4k but if you really want to, I'm sure you can play Custer's Revenge in the original resolution. Yeah, right. <laughs> can you really I play, play Pong? It's there. Yeah, that's that's one of the things though. Is I'm like, okay, I've really never thought to myself, gee, I wish I could play fucking Asteroids in 4K, right? If I you mean, want to play that, just that's your problem. Squadron. I'm sure there is a a market for this, but. I'm I'm not sure where it is. It's it's such uh, a weird of, idea. I think one of my employees bought uh, pre-ordered one. Okay, but he's so, also a game developer, so right. Yeah, 
I guess for that kind of thing, building. it might be more interesting. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, just based on what I'm hearing and what I'm looking at, it sounds like it's mostly for people who want to get into developing. Okay. I feel like that's not what their website says and how their ed website advertises it. It's because I, I heard about this and I was like, okay, let me look into it. And I looked up on their website and a couple of other uh, just like uh, websites that gave me like, uh, hey, here's, you know, the, the basic points that this thing has. And mostly it sounds like it's pushing itself as a like streaming box that you can run 4K stuff in. Um, Crow humped a rock. I'm pretty sure I have to drink. Only you have to drink, though, right? You can drink. You can drink anytime say, you want. Nobody is stopping say, you not, from drinking. There's nothing stopping you from drinking, Perseus. You're, you're welcome to drink uh, every time that I drink, so I'm not suffering alone. No, oh, no, you're suffering alone. So, yeah, anyways, I think that sounds kind of interesting, but... Uh, Still just a, a little odd. I didn't see Atari... <laughs> you know, I didn't see this coming. I thought Atari was pretty much done with consoles. This just came out of nowhere. This is like the first time I'm hearing of it. Yeah. Atari is trying to reclaim those glory days. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what that the was fuck did you just do? He just I... threw that rock somehow up a 10-foot cliff. Look, it clearly gave you the like the symbol to throw it in the correct spot when you were on the fucking ground. Look, <laughs> don't shut up. Right there, no, you fucking go back. That's what I needed is to do that. There we go. God damn it! Look, don't shut up. Don't worry about it. Shall we I'm get a into our video game topic for the week? <laughs> Yeah. How bad is Crow at Cadence of Hyrule? That is our video game topic for the week. Thank you for joining us. This has been the button. No, <laughs> uh, so, our video game topic for the week is uh, how much should be changed in retro re releases. Uh, this is kind of coming off of the uh, Fire Emblem news because um, I... I feel like there's a lot of differing opinions when games are remade like this or, or, or re released like this on an emulator or whatever else. And are like oh if you beat it with save states you didn't really beat it and uh i feel like there's kind of two sides to this argument uh, uh where, where do you guys stand on this do you think there should be like large quality of life changes uh save state features and such like that or do you think it should be generally left as is i think that it's weird that this thing is rolling in a place like this um uh, that is go ahead I, I would say it's specific to each game's community. Uh, like, for instance, the Command and Conquer, uh, Tiberium Dawn, and Red Alert re-releases. Uh, the only thing they really touched was the graphics and the soundtrack. They didn't touch the garbage AI or like questionable game design decisions at all because we kind of wanted to play the game we remembered, but in less ugly format. Right. Uh, you wanted your crap game to look okay. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I mean, I'm, I'm still very fond of it. Right, it, yeah, that's that's what I heard from your description way. there is like, I know this game is crap, but I love it, but I don't want it to look like crap. I just want it to yeah. play like crap. So now it's, <laughs> now it's very pretty, and I can still do all the stupid exploits I used to do when I was a kid. Nice. 
like uh, walling in the enemy army with sandbags so they can't get past it. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't particularly care about the, the quality of life changes. Like, if they add them, then yeah, that's great. It just makes it more accessible. And it's like, why wouldn't you want your game to be more accessible? You know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, difficult games are fun. Yeah, but there some people aren't into that. Mm -hmm. um, like, I play a lot of Dark Souls, and I make the joke about, like, yeah, you're not a real gamer if you don't play Dark Souls, but that's, like, a fucking joke. I... Um, and it's like, if you, if Dark Souls had save states, then yeah, I'm sure a lot more people would be, would be playing it, and, like, I'd love for a lot more people to be playing Dark Souls, so I'd have a lot more people to talk to about the story of Dark Souls and how uh, fucking um, Seath the Scaleless is uh, kind of a fucking bullshit boss fight. I I don't really feel like Dark Souls is all that inaccessible, though. I feel like it's difficult, sure, but it's not inaccessible in the sense that it's, like, hard to figure out, like, the controls or what the hell you're even doing. It's... You, you can play it. It's not that... It's not that hard to get started with. Well, I mean, yeah, the same could be said about, like, Contra, you know? Like, I can, I can, like, people can play Contra. The controls are, like, there's a button to move, a button to jump, and a button to shoot. And that's really all you need. Um, but it's, like, the, the difficulty of it often ends up being a wall for a lot of people. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, casual gamers, you know? Not, not everyone's, like, a hardcore gamer who can sit for it's 12 hours at a time playing Cadence of Hyrule and but <laughs> fucking I'm, trying to figure out how to kill I, a Deku scrub. I think my, I think my uh, frame of reference is like old style roguelikes where you had to use every key on the keyboard and there were different, including like uppercase and lowercase and they all did different things. If you wanted oh, like to succeed, like a really complicated shit. Yeah, and I'm like, that's inaccessible because it requires you to have like a lot of knowledge just to play the game to uh, get into it. And then that, that's not even getting into like the game mechanics knowledge you need to learn to start uh, really playing the game and doing well. Yeah. So there's like, and then Contra is kind of on the other end where it's like, yeah, it's hard, but it's you have your choices your options are very limited in what you can do so it's pretty easy to understand i think i, I look at it the same way that i look at um uh, uh zelda 2 sorry <laughs> trying to do this at the same time and talk is is hard um but i look at it the same way that i look at zelda 2 which is a, a sticking point between sean and i and has been for a while where i think zelda 2 is good or well, better than some other game, um, but I think. <laughs> shut up. Um, I think that Zelda Two can and should get a like remaster or remake, um, but games like that where it's known to be you know difficult and people struggle with, if you're going to re-release it, the point of re-releasing the game is so that more players can access it. So you'll want to make the game more accessible as a result. So for a game like Zelda 2, yeah, you would want to freshen it up, make it look nice and improve the gameplay so that, you know, more people can enjoy it. I should look for more hearts. I'm going to have to drink for this. Yeah. Well, this, 
I feel like you can. There's multiple ways of going about this, too. It's it's not a true dichotomy. That I think mm. there are. What was the game where it was? There was like the updated pre-release of the game where you could actually play the original inside of it. Oh uh -huh. yeah, that was Celeste. Celeste, you could play the original Pico 8 Celeste inside of the Celeste we all know and love. Huh. I didn't know yeah. that. <clears throat> it was just hidden in a stage somewhere, I think, in the hotel. Couldn't you all also do that with uh, Spelunky? Spelunky 1, I mean. Uh, I, I vaguely remember playing Spelunky, uh. and then I also vaguely remember playing, like, a 16-bit version of Spelunky. Uh, I don't know. I never found that. I do remember playing the, like, original pixelated Spelunky before I played, uh, like, the HD Spelunky. Maybe I'm out of my mind. Uh, I mean, when are you not? It's more fun that way. Yeah, true, true. But I feel like I feel like you can you can have it both ways. You can just port in the old game as is. Maybe even add in save states if you really want to, uh, and then and then remake it. And it's just a question of what you're going for as a developer. What and what kind of audience you're trying to attract? Are you trying to attract new people who might be turned off by the old oh. style? of the game or are you trying to sell the same game that current fans love back to them well then there there's the issue of like if it's just um like a a visual remaster then it's like what's the point other than graphical purposes if it plays exactly the same like fairly recently um kingdoms of amalur got a remaster kingdoms of amalur re-reckoning right um and it I, I i love kingdoms of amalur but from what i hear the remaster is pretty much exactly the same as the original version like there was no need for such a remaster like that and so like the re-release was unnecessary it's, so it's just like, like there was sorry god there's like a, a point to be made where if you're going to re-release a game you you should should you be changing more things up other than the just the visual graphics i think the same uh, same thing happened for one of the the tony hawk games i think tony hawk 2 so i think one major point in re-releasing a game uh, as playing as it was originally in in favor of that is uh, basically preserving the game for posterity since, you know, old hardware wears out. Not everybody has even an NES. Oh, no. um, so if you re-release an old game for a newer system just to have it out there, then that game is you're kind of preserving that for future generations. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things that I think is kind of cool about it, especially with stuff like the, <clears throat> you know, that's why people are big into the NES and Super NES, like little classic systems that, you know, it's it's a re-release of these old games. And 
the same with the Nintendo Switch Online. The way that they're selling that, partially, is that, hey, you get to play all these classic games. Um, and, you know, it's they're, they're not really changed in terms of gameplay. They have, you know, like a couple of those quality of life features we were talking about. But primarily, the difference is just that you're you know, able to play them on Switch instead of digging out, you know, an NES, finding a Japanese copy of Fire Emblem, learning Japanese, realizing that it only works in a Japanese Famicom and not in an NES, going and buying a new console. You know, you can't, that that is not feasible for the average consumer, but a large number of people, especially with the popularity of Three Houses, I'm sure are interested. Where did this series start? Especially Americans like me, uh, you know, I started early on compared to most Americans. I started on the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem because that was the first U.S. release we got was Fire Emblem 7. And I would dearly like to go back and play, you know, the first six, but I never really have because they weren't available. Uh, and even if they were, in some cases, it would still be kind of infeasible because, like, if I wanted to play the original Mario Brothers even, I could get a copy of that. I could get an NES. It would be a pain in the ass to, you know, I'd probably have to special order some sort of a input device so that I could plug it into an HDMI port on, you know, modern TVs. But even then, that would just be kind of annoying. Whereas they put it on Switch or on one of these little handy collectible, you know, uh, NES classics. Okay, now I've just, it's, it's way million times easier to just play these games. And uh, that's something that I think is really important to me I, I like to replay a lot of these games and I also like to kind of play them with my kids uh, and show them where these games came from how these games started and and they usually get a kick out of that too they really like the you know Super Nintendo Donkey Kong Country and stuff like that <laughs> yeah I think the the main like want for for remasters and re-releases nowadays is simply for the accessibility of it because, <laughs> um, like you said, it's a lot more work to find the console it originally released on than to just boot it up on your Switch. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why there are some re-releases that just seem unnecessary. And I hearken back to Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning, mostly because I was just so disappointed by the re-release. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, don't die, Crow. Crow I'm trying. You know, you know what you gotta do. Oh, there they go. No, are. I mean, like, actually don't die in real life from all the booze you're drinking. Yeah. Bro, how many shots have you taken so far? Um, this is the third time he's died, right? <laughs> the second time that I've died... I don't know, honestly, I not keep a track of how many times I've had to drink. <laughs> Enough times that I'm feeling warm from, I, I would assume, the cinnamon, because, God, the cinnamon burns. <laughs> but it could also be the booze. But I'm also like halfway through my sandwich, and I have a glass of milk just in case. So I'll survive. I hope. All right. Uh, Snake, you've been quiet. What are What are your thoughts on the the whole re-release of thing? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Wait, there's a. There was rumors of. <sighs> oh, <laughs> I'm good. Oh, do you need to take a break? The cinnamon. It's the cinnamon do more I than need anything. Do I to start drinking for you? <laughs> 
it's mostly the cinnamon fucking burns. <laughs> um, a likely story. There's a, there's rumors of the Metal Gear remakes. So that's there's been that. rumors of Metal Gear remakes since like Metal Gear Solid Three. <laughs> and the only remake of Metal Gear Solid Three we got was for a pachinko machine. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have to drink. That was that was some pointed about that. <laughs> yeah, we all know Konami sucks. Uh, speaking of Konami, um, I I'm kind of derailing the conversation now. But you ever heard that Kojima has announced that a new game is in production? Yeah. Um, I thought about putting that on News and Booze a week or two ago when that news came out, but it wasn't really news. It's just like, hey guys, a new game is in production. That's it. Didn't say anything about it. All we know. So Kojima Productions is making something. And based on what they did with Death Stranding, I can accurately predict nothing because nobody could have expected anything that Death Stranding did at all. <laughs> that game was a glorious masterpiece of what the fuck it redefined walking simulator yes i hope this next game also has norman reedus in it that would i be hope okay. every game he makes has norman right reedus. yeah just every <laughs> game is norman reedus as the protagonist and and you have to have uh, the ubiquitous npc played by um guillermo del toro yeah <laughs> <laughs> i hope every game from now on just features norman reedus as the protagonist right I feel like it, it was just great having uh, Guillermo del Toro by your side the whole time, telling you what the fuck was going on, because you wouldn't have been able to figure it out without him there. <laughs> like it, I'm not even totally sure I understood it half the time, even though he was there. But he was always friendly about it, especially when he stepped into the shower, and it's just like, hey, I'm here now. We're talking. Oh, wait, there's a shower scene? Yes, between Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro. Fuck, why haven't I played this game yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out on PC, I believe. I believe it's out it's, on PC. It's already out on PC. Yeah. I just haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> Definitely worth a play. Trippy as balls and, and just... Just, I love it. I don't know. <clears throat> I love walking. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I believe We're in you, We're all waiting bated breath for Crow oh, to I throw don't this rock. In you. You're gonna die. S somebody has to believe in me. <sighs> no, I know- <laughs> Don't fucking sigh at me, I know what I'm doing! <laughs> Hold on. Uh, you sure? You sure about that? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I can't- <laughs> Drop it on yourself! I don't think you can get up from that- from that side, Crow. We're encouraging. We're being encouraging. We're all waiting with bated breath. The audio listeners are going to be so confused. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're listening on Podbean, then check out that YouTube. Give us a subscription, or or just leave a mad comment and be like, "Fuck you guys. Pay more attention to the Podbean subscribers." You know what we could do? We could incorporate audio visuals where if we just play a bunch of sounds to really fuck with the, the listener. Fuck with all their senses. I think I've had too much to drink now. Yeah, wait, wait, what are you saying? I don't know. You want to fuck Bro. their senses? Cor, you broke it. Look, do you want to do this? I can't. Uh, oh. 
No, put it back. All right, now move that bottom one to the. There you go. I'm gonna push it. You gotta not push it. You it's a little awkward to host a podcast when I'm so enamored by Crow not knowing what the fuck to do. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you know the the answer, Mister Host Man? Yeah. Open the box. Duh. I. Gonna <laughs> fight you guys. There. See. Fuck you. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> hate you guys so much. Oh, we lost Perseus. That's okay. He should be back momentarily. Uh, so, is there anything else uh, on this? I guess there's still a little bit we could go into because um, I wondered also what you guys kind of thought about, you know, uh, remasters or, or total like overhauls, like uh, with uh, Metroid uh, Samus Returns versus just a simple NES re-release, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, would you guys rather have seen, like, a full brand new 3D remake of Fire Emblem number one, or are you guys more interested in the retro style and, and to see more where it really came from? I like the idea of taking something old and, like, making something really just cool and new and amazing out of it. Like, uh, something similar to, like, the... RE2 remake, uh, Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. Like, how when they, like, completely just changed everything with it, but it was still the same game. So, I don't know, that kind of shit, I mean, that, that's pretty cool to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of like both for different reasons, because I, um, with, uh, Samus Returns particularly, it was just really cool to just kind of have that game a little you know, more polished. I feel like the gameplay was more dynamic. It, it felt, you know, the original Metroid 2 was pretty much like you, you just run and shoot and that's all you do. And at the time that was fine, you know, <laughs> but yeah. you know, 20 years later, I think the overhaul really did it good. It, you know, it, and it, it felt like a modern game. Uh, so mm -hmm. I really dig that. Uh, but at the same time, when you're getting these uh, re-releases of where it's like exactly the same game, um, I'm cool with that as well for, you know, totally different reasons. Yeah. Uh. Crow. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, uh, you taking a shit over there? <laughs> What's I going say, on? I think he's done. Oh, Somebody's just like sucking him off under the table or something. He's yeah. just yeah. finally yeah. Uh, let it go. It's just the cinnamon is fucking killing me. <laughs> the cinnamon like, is sucking you off under the table. <laughs> Look, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. I, I reboot up my PC and I come to, to hear crows being sucked off. And yeah, I guess. Bottle of fireball. I would just like to to just say, why why does crow get sucked off and I don't? I mean, uh, you're I mean, not you start you talking to nicely people, to your all. bottle of fireball and I bet it will suck you off. Yeah, what he said. Just don't get it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awkward. Don't burn. You're talking from experience there. Would you like to indulge in that? <laughs> nah. nah. Is there something we want to talk about? Are you fucking serious? 
Get fucked. Uh, so in a retro re-release, uh, do you guys think save states are, like, necessary for modern gamers? Because I feel like modern gamers really appreciate them, if nothing else. Uh... <laughs> You, you jumped in the water again. <laughs> what? I feel like you did that on purpose. I did not! <laughs> uh, ne necessary? No. I feel like anybody can get good at these games. It's just we usually lack the patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's more of a, a matter of just more accessibility. Because... Uh, with save states now, now we can like save a game and come back to it whenever, you know? Like a lot of these old games, like a lot of them had to be finished in like one go, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so what a lot of kids end up doing, uh, I know I did this when I was a kid, I just leave the console on, I'd pause the game and leave the console on like mm -hmm. overnight or <laughs> until whenever the next time I could play was. Until and let me tell ya. That was not good for the electricity bill. <laughs> I'm sure. yeah, well, actually, like having the ability to save is good, I suppose. But having mm -hmm. save states uh, in the in like the emulator sense is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think that in any way it uh, cheapens the experience and gives you an ingenuine feel of what the game used to be like? To an extent. Um, I think, and I know this is a big sticking point for Lyle, uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> um, he is very much, like, a proponent of, you know, yes to save states, let people play as they want. Um, yeah. save state wins is just as valid as regular wins, and to an extent I agree. Like, you know, it, like you said, save states are a good way to help with accessibility and give more players a chance and a way to play your game. <laughs> um, but I do think that... Uh, it does cheapen the experience a little bit to have and win by save states as opposed to, you know, the the way the game was built and meant to play. Right. But, and, and that's just my opinion. Like, I, I don't have any issue with save states, and I think that game some games could certainly benefit from save states to improve accessibility. Um, I just... I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no problems with save states either. Um, but like there are some people who get so hardcore about it and then we just get back to that Sekiro tweet about cheating on Sekiro. It's like, you not only cheated the game, but you cheated yourself or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. um, really? Yeah, you remember uh, when Sekiro first came out, uh, PC Gamer released an article where it's like, I beat Sekiro's final boss with cheats and I feel fine. And someone quote tweeted that with, with like, you cheated not only the game, but you cheated yourself. You didn't improve or anything. You took a shortcut and gained nothing. I, was all right, so I love games. <laughs> I, I, I love games. I think about games all the time, both tabletop games and video games. And I just feel like this whole thing, oh God. Man, you uh, really having, you're having a rough night. I am. Bro. 
I'll you can be drinking with you, buddy. Worse yeah. and worse as he gets more and more wasted. Uh huh. I'm not yeah, like I'm not buzzed at all. Yeah. I'm just in pain. It, it's it's all gonna hit you like a fucking sack of bricks in like oh yeah twenty minutes or something. You'll just be like, oh might might I suggest standing up? Well, I'm all drunk, guys. I don't want to stand up. Where did I die? All right, today's oh. beer of the week from me is La Cumbre. <laughs> Uh, Malpais Stout, or Malpai Stout. I really have no idea how to pronounce this, uh, but this is some kind of a stout. I had one of these the other day. It's, uh, it's decent, like, very, like, uh, malt forward, very chocolatey. Uh, that's a pretty good stout. Mm. It's on the sweeter end of stouts. I don't know why I haven't been into sweet stouts as much lately. I've been, like, Want me like a darker, you know, heavier oatmeal stout or something like that. Maybe it's but, all the uh, sweet uh, mixed drinks you've been drinking. That could be part of it, yeah. Um, or, you know, eggnog uh, and cracking. So what I was going to say, what I was leading into with that really long tangent there, is uh, the whole cheating at Sekiro and you've cheated yourself thing is inherently fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, like, people enjoy video games in different ways. Yeah. And if people, uh, people, like, use cheats or whatever to make a game easier, but if they're still enjoying it, I'm fine with that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So long as everyone's enjoying the game. Yeah. Having fun is all that matters in the end. Well, having fun and eating tacos, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And drinking beer. Yeah. And drinking beer, yeah. And coming. Yeah. Occasionally. I've already got that covered as established at the beginning of this. It's just like nonstop for you. It's like, what is it? Is it just like, uh, like a it's sink like a faucet or? Stream. It's like a constant stream. The room is filling up. No, yeah, yeah. Like, I have to get a tube put in my urethra and it funnels out. You got like a catheter, for, but like for your balls? Yeah, yeah. It, it, all, okay. it all leads to to the nearest sperm break, to the nearest sperm bank. Is it weird now that I'm suddenly wondering if any brewer has ever made a, a jizz-based beer? Uh, I, I don't want an answer to that question. I kind of do. You can you can wander all you want over there. That is like a style a I have never had. Do you think what would that be like? It'd probably be frothy. It probably would be. Didn't know I could go back here. Apparently, you can go back there, crow. <laughs> oh boy. Crow, did you know that you can go back rope's there? gonna kick your ass. I didn't know that I could go back there. Oh. I feel like I'm. Oh. Why are you disappointed that I'm not getting my ass kicked? Because <laughs> I want to drink. <laughs> you enjoy my suffering? I'm suffering like with you, bro. Based alcohol would. It, it would not taste the same twice. Is there anything else we want to say on this topic of uh, changing re releases? Oh, I thought you were going to talk the topic of jizz-based alcohol. I have a lot to say about jizz-based alcohol now. I'm really glad the podcast isn't about that. <laughs> Hold on, let me change Welcome. our table topic. Welcome to oh, a jizz no. to the past. <laughs> the The third jizziest podcast. <laughs> third? Only the third? <laughs> what are the first and second? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Pornhub.com and uh, Critical Role. Yeah, Critical Role. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Matt Mercer would appreciate. 
Yep. Would you? Matt Mercer, if you're if you're what listening, we just plugged you on our podcast. You should plug us on your podcast. Matthew yeah. Mercer, if you're listening, can you please like marry me? <laughs> like, like, can you please like comment and subscribe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, he just likes, comments, and subscribes, and we'll gain one like, one comment, and one subscription, and we'll still be like a, you know, <laughs> tiny-ass YouTube channel. But we have fun. Regret. We have more fun than Regret. everybody else. Regret. <laughs> All right, so Going let's on uh, move on oh, to our uh, table topic, then, for the day. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Tabletop. Yeah, tabletop. Like, yeah, and it's a topic. Like, tabletop. That's why we call it a table topic. Uh, that's <laughs> clever. I'm going to have to drink. All right. <laughs> I'll drink to that. So, um, the table topic this week is uh, how much should they change a system to justify adding a new edition of a tabletop system? Um... This is kind of looking at uh, various different approaches over the years that I've been playing RPGs. Um, did you just get inside of that Lizalfos? No, he was he was floating in the air. Oh, okay. I was like, I thought you were just like making out with him for a minute. Get out of the water. Um, but yeah, so particularly in uh, Dungeons and Dragons is one of our. Uh, you know, more well-known tabletops. I think it's safe to say we've probably all heard of that one, right? Um, I've never heard of it. What is it? Before in my life. Okay, well... What's a dungeon? It's... 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 What's, what's and? <laughs> and means ampersand. What the fuck is that? A dungeon is like... A thing... Where you do stuff. That's what That's a dungeon is. very descriptive. I know, I now know every single thing I need to know about Dungeons and Dragons. Thank yes. you so much. You do stuff, ampersand, dragons. <laughs> not having any luck. There we go. Uh, but uh, I'm glad you bring that up, because like, um, I think like last night or the night before, Snake and I were discussing this while we were playing Warzone. Um, yeah. Yeah, we were discussing the changes between uh, Pathfinder and 5th Edition because those are probably, without a doubt, the two most popular um, renditions yeah. of D&D. &D. Yeah, sure there's for people the fantasy role-playing, I'm certain that, uh, yeah. Um, so, what I was thinking about uh, with when I was picking the topic here is basically, uh, for D&D specifically, every time they invent a new edition, they really reinvent the entire system from its core mechanics to it, you know, they, they, they keep a lot of the core concepts, obviously. You've got pretty much your same regular uh, classes and stuff, the same races hey, I'm back. throughout. Chris is back. Woohoo! But yeah, uh, but you know, you look at AD&D to 3rd edition to 3.5 3 to 3.5 3 was like a kind of a little more balance changing thing. Uh, but then you look at other tabletop systems and some of them are not so much uh, like they, they, they don't go as far in the changes uh, when they're going. 
uh, you know, like uh, for Hero System, like if you played Hero System 1st Edition and then you picked up a Hero System 5th Edition book, you'd like it's all of the changes in between were kind of these patch note kind of changes where they just changed it a little bit, gave it some tweaks, some balance issues were fixed and things like that. And then they published that. Uh, so, uh, what do you guys think? Is, is it better to really go out of your way to reinvent and, and really make it a new system every time? Or would it be better to keep, you know, the core mechanics the same and just tweak what really needs a tweak? Uh... I think when you make, I'm saying D&D has had different editions, other than say like first edition and second edition specifically, uh, they're really entirely different games. Yeah. Three point, th third edition and 3.5 are, is a whole different beast than AD&D second edition. And fourth edition is a whole different beast than third edition. And Fifth edition is a whole different beast than third edition, mm -hmm. so those get, you could call those all different things and like not D and D, and uh, you'd probably be right, which is why when people say we're playing D and D, there's a lot of confusion of, about what that might entail. Yeah. Like when somebody says we're playing D and D, and then they say fourth edition, and you're like, you're not playing D and D, you're playing fourth edition. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or if I'm like, hey, AD and AD and D is a very different thing from like third edition. Mm -hmm. Or OD and D is a very different thing from like basic or all of that. So all of those editions are so different that you could call them. You could have ended up calling them different games, and it would have been just fine. I feel like an addition, a new edition of a game should be an iteration, if only for the sake of uh, keeping an idea of it being the same game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this fan is this fan. That's all. So, you, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting how different systems do a different approach, though. Because, uh, like, it feels to me kind of like the... Uh, um, I feel like the hero system kind of takes a Madden approach, right? Where it's like, okay, update roster, make some balance changes, you're good. Whereas D&D &D really takes the Final Fantasy or Zelda kind of idea, and it's just like, nope, everything you know is wrong. We're doing something totally different this time. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, and I, th I feel like those both have their kind of benefits, uh, but also, particularly in D&D, it, it comes up with the complication of then, like, older players that haven't played in, you know, like, I, I played with a guy uh, back when 4th edition was popular, uh, or, well, was the current system. It wasn't as popular as 5th is now, obviously. But 4th um, was the current system. I was still kind of that stick in the mud, no, I'm still going to play 3.5. Um, 
And he had played AD&D a long-ass time ago and brought in his AD&D books. And I tried to, like, learn AD&D for the group just because that was what he played. Although then I figured out that he hadn't played in long enough that he had forgotten it all anyway and was relearning it. And so I was like, fuck it. Let's... <laughs> as long as you're relearning a new system, let's do it in 3.5 so that one of us knows what's going on. Right? <laughs> and uh, so that's this kind of miscommunication error issue uh that can come up is you know i'm familiar with 3.5 now sometimes we play fifth edition and i'm not as familiar and uh i feel like some of those problems could have been alleviated if they didn't have to completely throw away everything that they had created you know in order to make a new system and i don't know if the benefits of this are outweighed by the drawbacks or, or vice versa but i i think it's just an interesting thing to kind of take a look at what do you guys think here's the, i like the having the different editions of D being so vastly different mm-hmm. um now i really have only ever played fifth edition so i might be a bit biased to that Ow. but from what i understand like fifth edition like as more editions come out it also makes it more accessible like i from what i understand fifth edition is like one of the easiest things to like just pick up and learn in terms of like learning a ttrpg because it's like Mm. there are a lot less things going on as compared to something like pathfinder or fourth edition or 3.5 edition or whatever um and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it being more accessible like fucking 20, 30 years ago, everyone looked down on D&D players as like, oh, look at these fucking nerds. And now D&D is almost commonplace everywhere you look. Yeah. Uh, especially with the, what, what was that next Netflix show again? Uh, Stranger Things. Like, ever since right, that yeah. came out, everyone's been playing D&D 5th edition. Yeah. Um, and, like, having them be so vastly different, I don't think is a bad thing. Like, like you said, there are definitely drawbacks to it. Um... But like, if because it's a whole new system of itself, you can always just go back to another one and just stick to that one if you are so inclined to do so. Not like nothing is keeping you from going back. Nothing is forcing you from playing the most recent edition. Especially since since it's D and D and it's a tabletop RPG, a lot of it can just be homebrewed and like made up on your own. You know. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, we do a lot of homebrew content in when Chris and I play, uh, particular, particularly when I DM, like, almost all of my stuff is homebrew. I very rarely will use any kind of published material. Um, occasionally I'll look at that kind of material and, like, kind of draw inspiration, you know, maybe steal a mechanic or, or a, a, you know, some kind of plot point that I could shoehorn into my game or something. Uh, but that's about it. <clears throat> yeah, so again, there's like nothing wrong with going back to the previous edition, and there's nothing wrong with doing the most recent edition. Mm-hmm. Snake, what are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Yeah, we uh-huh. were talking um, about Pathfinder like last night. Um, and what, what, what exactly were we talking about? I feel like I had marginally something to do with this conversation. 
can't really remember. To be, so, to be honest with you. Pathfinder, Pathfinder is one of those systems that sprung up in response to 4th edition that it was an iteration on 3.5 as opposed to a total redesign. Yeah. And that's kind of where a lot of the players who liked 3.5 went. I feel like every time a new edition of D&D comes out, um, the people who like the old edition mostly don't move to the new edition. Oh, Crow's dead. Yeah, he's uh -huh. dead. Fuck! Uh, I think I'm gonna do that! Yay! We get to Damn drink. it, I just took a drink. Oh, I drink again. I'll drink to that. So, I, I think having a new edition that's a redesign is a bad idea because you're not except for maybe D&D because D&D has like bigger brand name recognition as the face of tabletop RPGs than anything else mm -hmm. um, it's a bad idea because people are you're playing an entirely different game with different not just different rules but different expectations the style of play is different like 5th edition characters are much tankier than say they were in 3.5 and they had there's much less of the character building minigame uh AD&D first edition is much more about like finding treasure and fighting smart and avoiding fights because everything's so goddamn lethal mm -hmm. uh so if you introduce someone if you say hey let's play D&D and then you introduce like a 3.5 player into it they're gonna be like what the hell is this this is this is totally different than what I wanted or what I was expecting. This is promising. So I think I, I'm much more of the additions should be iterations, as in whatever they add should be com compatible more or less with the previous versions. Mm -hmm. Uh, if only because or they should at least have the same expected kind of play style uh, because this changing it up thing has resulted in some really bizarre design throughout the years you can see in like module design from 2nd edition 3rd edition onward uh, that things kind of got they, they lost their way on how to design like functional adventures and you can tell that they're kind of worse than a lot of the early adventures mm -hmm. <clears throat> I definitely think some consistency wouldn't hurt yeah just to like to make it easier for people going like to different editions if they wanted to play like fourth edition but they've never played it like they still like at least have an idea as to what they're getting into you know yeah that's one yeah. of my things kind of with fifth edition being a you know big 3.5 player and <clears throat> even having played a lot more pathfinder than i have uh fifth edition you know when i'm playing fifth edition i the mechanics are similar enough to where i feel like <clears throat> i I want to have an idea what I'm doing, but I don't always because they have a lot of similar mechanics, but they, they've changed them all 
in such a way that a lot of things just seem like nonsensical, like pointless changes. Uh, and I wonder if they had to reinvent it that much, or if they could have just, you know, like, here's a couple of the updates, you know, like the, the having six saving throws now instead of three, uh, and, you know, not changed a lot of these, you know, more niche mechanics like grappling and charging and stuff like that. Um, I feel like that kind of just makes it more confusing to old players, even if it is more accessible and easier to learn for new players. I, th I think that's a weird kind of uh, double-edged sword moment that comes out of this kind of design. Also, to, to rag on 5th edition some more, i got to say the 5 through the 6 saving throws thing, uh, as opposed to the three, it would smacks of people being like, oh, wouldn't it just be more elegant to have uh, saving throws be represented by the six stats? Mm. But it's kind of, it's almost like they didn't think any further about that, mm. why the design was the way it was originally. Because how often do you need to use your intelligence to save for something? other than in, like, incredibly contrived situations. Or, like, your strength to save against something. Yeah. It's... <clears throat> the, the saving throws in 3.5 at least had a logic behind them. <clears throat> and yeah. I feel... And because they're designing a new game, but they're not... They don't know what kind of gameplay loop they're expecting out of the game it ends up being uh, it ends up having a lot of these weird design decisions that don't really hold up under play in it mm -hmm. yeah <coughs> um, yeah I feel like going forward it probably wouldn't hurt to like have some sort of compromise like between keeping the same, but also adding some new stuff, you know? Yeah. I feel like the... It was neat to add the six saving throws, but I, I feel like it was just kind of pointless. I don't, I don't feel like you had a purpose. Because, like you're saying, three of them, most of the time, you don't use. Most of the time, you're still using your wisdom, dexterity, and constitution, which would have been your fortitude, reflex, and will in, you know, 3.5. So yeah. it's like, uh, like that's one of the things that I kind of try when I'm homebrewing my enemies is I kind of, I try to give them all an ability, uh, or at least the bosses, I try to give at least one ability to affect every saving throw. And uh, when I'm just making like little enemies in the dungeons and stuff like that, I try to give them a varied amount of things so that between all the enemies in the dungeons, theoretically, you should have to use all six of your saving throws at some point. And I feel like I spend an inordinate amount of time kind of homebrewing these enemies to go out of my way to utilize a mechanic that doesn't really need to be utilized. And I, I would have never thought to do this in 3.5. And I, I feel like I spent a lot less prep time in 3.5 because I wasn't trying... Because I feel like 
in in fifth edition if you're a nice balanced character and if i throw something at you i you know i still have i i feel like i have to throw more kinds of things at you in order to make the campaign challenging at all you know i could theoretically just stick to the fortitude reflex and will style saves but then it would be like why can't i tell what anything is you're blind i've never seen that you got some status effect on you <laughs> I think you've had too much to drink, Crow. I have. It's yeah, so I can very much. clearly see what's on the screen right now. Like, what are you seeing? I, yeah, okay, like, what are these that I'm killing? Slimes, like... <laughs> yeah, you're killing a bunch of slimes right now. Like, I don't know what you're seeing, but... There's some tough-ass uh, slimes, then. <laughs> They're called choo-choos. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking heathens. Um, I think, uh, like, just because we don't use all six saving throws, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's nice that they're there, you know? Okay. I 100% I I, disagree. I think when you're designing a system like this, you should expect the pieces, you should put in the pieces that you expect to be used. You shouldn't design for a false idea of elegance you should design for use for your expected use case it's also kind of a fair point yeah that is a fair point i can i can see i can see the logic behind that i personally yeah. just uh i i like having them there like even if i'm not going to use them i like having them there in case i ever need to use them for whatever like story purposes okay. or gameplay purposes in whatever campaign I'm running. I feel like for I'm this so particular confused. thing, it'll also kind of depend on just the DM and their particular style too. Yeah. Uh, and you know, cause not every DM, cause some DMs I'm sure are just going to be happy to, you know, use so, the same kind of abilities they always have and use only yeah. three of their saves or, or even none of them. Maybe they'll just make every enemy as a melee attacker. I play a lot of an OSR variant that's kind of similar to the early editions of D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. And the idea there is when you need like an odd mechanic, you just kind of draft it up for the situation. Like, sure, you have your saving throw or like your table of saving throws or whatever. Oh, didn't mean to do that. You oh, you're Zelda now. Okay, there's a lot of enemies. What the fuck is going on? Just a bunch of slimes. Goblins yeah. and shit. <laughs> They're all choo-choos. What are you seeing, bro? L literally all question marks. That's weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> very weird. <laughs> bro, I think you've had a bit too much to drink. I think maybe you should take a break. Yeah, you the fireball's getting to me, guys. Oh, God. <laughs> Like, like seriously, like that—that that is just those are just slimes. <laughs> is there anything uh, else we have to stay on our table topic? Uh, um, Crow, do you have anything to say? I don't think you really pitched in too much. Uh, <laughs> on the question marks. Crow died. We have to drink. Uh, Apparently, you were defeated by a tree mimic. Oh, oh shit! Oh, no, fuck. it was very clearly a tree mimic. You got, Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> It was the tree mimicest tree mimic you ever saw. I uh, understand. 
What, what was I gonna go with? Uh, having having new additions add things oh or my like God. change things in a way that renders them uh, applicable to the same playstyle of game as the original edition. I feel like is the way you want to go about things. Kind of like stay true to itself, you know. Yeah, and I feel like when you completely and those those can be like big changes, sure. But uh, I feel like when you do what Dandy does, you lose your way, and the expected gameplay kind of breaks into pieces. Sort sort of like how Fourth Edition's kind of got a reputation for having my precious combat encounter railroad. Uh, so everybody expects so the design is very different for each of those games I think it all kind of just boils down to what the DM what the dungeon master how the dungeon master plays as well as how the players want to play you know um, there are all these different elements that get added or removed with each edition. Um, and it just sure. Kind of comes down to whichever one the players and the DM are most comfortable with and how their style of DMing and playing is like. But we expect systems as a, D as a DM or as a referee when I'm running a game, I kind of expect the system to give me tools to help me out uh, and to not get in the way. And when I play like these older school systems, I feel like they're better at getting out of the way and giving me tools to work with than say fourth edition. I feel like fourth edition would actively be working against the way I want to run the game. I have not much to say on anything other than 5th edition simply because I've pretty much only played 5th edition I've done reading and I've looked into other editions but okay. in terms of playing I've really only done 5th so, edition in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition characters are on average very durable and that's because you're expected to get a lot of your experience from combat. From, like, combat encounters. And okay. if I want to run a game that's about, like, getting treasure out of a dungeon, or uh, about, or a game where characters are a bit more vulnerable, so they need to use their brains a bit more, 5th edition will actively get get in my way. I will have to write around kind of the assumptions 5th edition makes when preparing uh, content. Here's the thing that's... In, I think this just goes back around to just it really depends on who you are and what your playstyle is because even though I play 5th edition almost exclusively, I absolutely hate combat in D&D in 5th edition and so I'll often um, go around it. You know, I'll do milestone leveling or I'll like um, encourage more role playing aspects, more diplomacy and all that. Uh, so I'm not seeing the 
I'm not necessarily seeing all of the, the obstacles you're coming across when you're doing a lot of combat. Because to me, D&D 5th Edition isn't combat heavy. But that's simply because I am adverse to it. But, alright, so it may be that your players play differently, but there's also what changes are you making to the system to make it less combat heavy? Well, it's not changes to the system I'm making, it's more changes to the, the plot that I'm weaving. And it's not to say that, like, every campaign I run has zero combat. There's still a hefty amount of combat. It's just that there's less so that there, that there's less combat whenever I'm DMing because I just don't like spending so much time rolling to hit and then rolling for damage for, like, 20 rounds. In your opinion, do you think that combat takes away from the story and the narrative of the game? Uh, I think combat can kind of complicate things when it comes to, so, to the story and the narrative of the game. This is because... actually kind of what I mean about like the game getting in the way. There are oh. games that have combat that resolves much more quickly than 5th edition does. Yeah, and a lot of people forget that like one round of combat in fifth edition is six seconds, um, like canonically speaking. Yeah. Um, so that can also kind of complicate things, uh, especially with the whole talking is a free action um, controversy. Oh, you, that you happens. I, I've actually never had a problem with that. I just figured you move an anime time. It's you say the thing, you're like, I'm stopped time for two seconds, and then you give, like, a long-ass speech, and then you, like, hit somebody. <laughs> it works out. Um, I'm picking on JoJo's a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I'll drink to picking on JoJo's. I'm a one-piece man. Dio! Yeah, yeah or, no, really. How long, how long was that two seconds that time was stopped for? <laughs> it was a whole thirty-minute episode. Yeah, it was. A, it was like long enough for for like a couple sentences. I feel like there was a episode of Dragon Ball Z where they only had five minutes left before something bad would happen, and for Namek, it was explodes. like it was like literally two episodes later that it actually <laughs> happened. <laughs> So, so it was, we only have five minutes left till Namek explodes, and then it, the fight went on for like another ten episodes. But yeah, I don't even think Namek that's an exaggeration. Explodes. Yeah, and then, then it's the next season, and then it finally happens. Yeah. And then it happens for another five episodes. Yeah. That's how Dragon Ball Z works. Whatever happens, happens for five episodes. At least. <laughs> like, minimum. Five episode minimum. It's like you go to the bar, you have a two drink minimum, the guy got a five episode minimum. Yep. They I mean, like if Goku went to the bar, it would have to be like five episodes that he's there. They really stretched the hell out of that series. If Goku played D and D. What class do you think he would play? Uh, barbarian. Uh, I mean, Sword Sage probably. Oh, hello. Un unarmed variant Sword Sage. 
<laughs> I feel like he would oh, pick hey. a random class that nobody expected, and then like he would have no idea what the fuck he was doing the entire time. <laughs> but somehow he would exactly do the exact thinking. correct thing every time. He'd just be like, exactly like, like he'd be like a fucking sorcerer, and they'd be like everybody is totally screwed and he'd just like flip to a random page he's like i cast this spell it's like that's the spell that the boss is weak to he dies instantly and everybody levels up what the fuck <laughs> that is exactly what i was thinking he would play yeah. like some some like fucking ranger and then do everything exactly wrong but in the best way that it turns out well uh so uh I think the moral of the story and this lesson is if you want to play DBZ as like a tabletop game, uh, don't, don't, don't use D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because we literally did that once. Yeah, but I mean, you also changed the system entirely. I did. I, well, I mean, I didn't change the system entirely. I just made homebrew classes. Yeah. That were all about taking a long time to do stuff because literally you could like <laughs> one of the things that I made in in all of the classes was that you could uh, like charge attacks for any number of rounds in order to increase their power. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was say, I'm fucking fighting Ganon over here, and you guys are talking about how Ghost is a dumbass. <laughs> you got this, Crow. Or I don't know fight. how I'm not dead yet. Drink, drink your health potion. What health potion? Didn't you buy like five? Uh, yeah, they're gone. Oh, by health potion, do you mean fireball? Yeah, I'll drink that. Uh. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> Oh uh, no, no, that's not health, that's poison! I, I, think, I think we've got a story uh, on this topic. Yeah, I think so too. So that brings us uh, basically to our ending segment of Drink to the Past. Um, so thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll uh, shamelessly shill our shit. So my name is Sean Michael Patrick Thompson. You can catch me on YouTube, Podbean, and good old Apple. Except for, no, boycott Apple. I'm like... I'm the podcast is there so if you really want to listen to us on Apple Podcasts then go ahead but I'd prefer you listen to me on other places because Apple is a dick literally uh, anywhere else you can also find me on Twitter at spamomanospam and on twoguysplayingzelda.com I got a upcoming uh, kind of holiday buying guide for what you should buy for your new console this year uh, on the TGPZ gaming website so uh, look out for that Spoiler alert, uh, and of course, Zelda. Yeah, also lots of Zelda stuff. Um, and of course, we are joined today by the four players. Or at yeah. least three of them. Good enough. Uh, so, good old Crow. You guys know who I am. Crow Canon on pretty much everything except, you know, our channel, the four players. Where we're doing Phasmophobia right now. Because it's spooky season. But, uh, phasmophobia. Also, Crow occasionally on, on is known to hump statues. Yeah. Crow's uh, like a we're, dog. We're also using this crossover event to cross promote our channel because we have a podcast of our own that's launching. Yeah, cross promote. Uh, we do? <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> oh no, Crow, what could our podcast name be? 
it is very clever and very original called the forecast we also Thank have you. another I want to just say that I came up with the channel name and also the name for the podcast. No, actually, that's a lie. I, I came up with the team. fucking podcast name. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you came up with the channel the name, game. but I dropped the fucking podcast name. Go you guys fuck also, yourself. You guys also have your own, like, movie-based podcast that I can never remember the name of. because Paz Mattel. Weird-ass acronym. This one. Perseus and Snake watch movies and drink a lot. Phasmodal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what you think it sounds like. We'll um, also yeah. be we'll also be playing uh, Cadence of Hyrule, the complete edition. Uh, after you know we're done with Spooky Season, this is starting in November. Uh, where we'll be doing a co-op, and we'll get to explore the DLC, and you'll get to see me actually beat Ganon instead of dying and then drowning in alcohol. <laughs> Well, we begin. there are worse things to drown in. You could be drowning in, like, you know, piss. Yes, you could be drowning in my semen. True. Specifically no, wow. his. I would rather <laughs> die drowning in booze than in your semen. Well, he does come Same. all the time. We established this at the beginning of the no, podcast. Way so. too much. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I'm Perseus, the voice of Perseus on Twitter and YouTube and Twitch. Um... I'm a voice actor. My YouTube is where you're going to find my demo reel, uh, as well as some other things whenever I figure out what to do with that. Um, and you, you should can make find a cameo. Me on Twitch. <laughs> I should make a cameo. You can find me on Twitch at Voice of Perseus as well. Um, that's where I'm streaming whatever game I decide to play. Uh, most recently, it was Phasmophobia, which is what's going up on the Four Players YouTube channel. And you can find me on Twitter at Voice of Perseus as well, where I'm I mostly tweeting at Boston Market to marry me. It sounded for a second like you said moist Perseus. <laughs> <laughs> hold just on, hold on. let me reserve that web domain. <laughs> <laughs> Moistperseus.net.com. <laughs> Moistperseus.net. It's dot com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have to drink for Homestar Runner references too. I think. <laughs> I got a compliment on those from the last podcast, though. So we're we're gonna keep the Homestar Runner content here. Apparently, I hope they don't sue us. Uh, uh, I, I don't think they're terribly litigious. And we were also joined today by Snakesbox. Yeah, I'm I'm at Snakesbox on Twitter, and I just mooch off of Perseus and Crow's success. <laughs> well, you're always welcome to mooch off of whatever it is that we have that isn't success as well. Yeah. <laughs> say, now, now you have new friends to mooch off of as well. That's how I get through life. I just mooch off different people. I'm, a, I'm like a leech. Like... <laughs> <laughs> a bearded leech. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the beard. Oh, yeah. It's my personality. <laughs> 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 and of course, my glorious ish co host. Hi, I'm uh, Chris. Please go vote on Dad. Uh, for, uh, um, bear with me on this one. This might t- take me a hot minute. Uh, I co wrote Five Cataclysms Core Rules Beta Edition with. Uh, my co-author, who you can sometimes hear interrupt this podcast. Uh, it's true. He just comes in in the middle and he's like, hey guys, I'm talking about the table topic with you, and then he leaves. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. (laughs) Uh, 
We're like, who invited you? And then we talk about it anyway. <laughs> uh, so you can pick up that uh, on DriveThruRPG or Itch.io under Five Cataclysms. And we have a bunch of adventures, and they're all broadly compatible with most versions of D&D. Uh, not 4th edition. Seriously, don't don't try to use them with 4th edition. It, it won't work. <laughs> uh, and I'm also wanting to say a very special message of please research the issues and go out and vote if you haven't already. And get your get your vote out early. Be, be an informed voter and vote for candidates and like issues in a way that you vote the fires like. out of Colorado. Yeah, get the fires out of here. Vote for fire. I mean, vote against fire. All right, and now we come to the ending segment of the podcast where we just talk about inane bullshit until somebody says something hilariously awkward and I cut off the podcast. And okay, everybody's so, less like, wait, what? He cut off the podcast okay, so, there? So, if you, which, which book, if you had to pick a book, which book would be drastically improved with vampires? I'm going to go with the Bible. Why do I feel like you've been sitting on this question since the beginning of the podcast? Why do I feel like you've been sitting <laughs> on this question since, like, the beginning of the year? You've just been waiting for the perfect opportunity to, to ask this question. Your whole life. That was his New Year's resolution. Come up to this moment. Just answer the question. If a book had to have vampires, which book would it be? Uh... Let's see. Um, Atlas Shrugged. I feel like that would be better with literal bloodsuckers. Does an issue of Playboy count as a book? <laughs> Ooh. It's technically a periodical. Yeah, it's, it's like a tabloid, but, you know, I'm just um, anything with pages. It's um, just, it's excuse just... me. <laughs> I read it for the articles. It is not a tabloid, sir. I'm gonna go with uh, John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. Vampire mice. Wait, that's not. Wait, have you, have you read the book? Uh, <laughs> yeah, imagine if you just fucking capped Lenny and Lenny got back up and just like. Yeah. Nice. Oh my god. Actually, a lot of classic literature might be, you know, much more interesting with vampires, like Catcher in the Rye, which was just boring as shit the whole way through would have been much more interesting if five seconds in the main character was garroted and murdered and and then the book was over yeah that would have been yeller. way better what if moldy dick and the whale is the vampire <laughs> <laughs> the white whale can only be killed with a silver harpoon uh, hold on, that's werewolves. You're thinking of werewolves now, you fucking heathen. <laughs> the white whale can only be killed with a wooden harpoon. There you go. But the problem is, they break when they're shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hand me your wood, Corporal. We need to shoot Moby Dick. You've got to take my wood! You've got to shoot me out of the cannon. I'll stab her myself. You gotta... Stab her with my own wood. <laughs> I'm gonna penetrate that blowhole, I will. I'm coming, whale! So, <laughs> I, I, I feel like we started this podcast 
with crow humping a tree and now we're ending it trying to rape a whale. <laughs>